0: So this is Sunday Recap, a uh, weekly sermon podcast where we talk about life and faith based off our sermon this past Sunday. Uh, so for sermon recordings and more podcasts, visit BeGrace.org um, slash, forward slash podcast. For more information about Grace Bible Church, visit bgrace.org. Hi, I'm Elliot.
1: And I'm Dave.
2: Oh, going that way. Yes. I'm Jim. <laughs> I'm Chris.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, and that's that's the whole crew. Uh, Joy is is doing something with Impact Bible Club, so I'm sure he's yeah. working hard. I think so. I'm 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 kind of replacing him. I'm the I'm the B side. I, I just come in whenever they need a pinch hit. So I'm happy to be here. <laughs> happy to be here with you guys and to talk about the sermon. So I say let's get let's get right to it, Dave, and, and let's let's talk about it. I I, I want to know if you could tell us like what was your big idea. For the sermon, I know you're. We're talking about stories of the king. This is a series that you've been going through, and it's been really great. And this one was called "How to Become Great," right? Matthew eighteen. Mm-hmm.
1: So, if you can kind yes, of show sure. us what
0: was your big idea and what did you want us to walk away with as the
1: as the listener? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Um, well, yeah. Main idea is the paradox of greatness in life in the world with God comes from humility. Um, so yeah, I think just wanting people to walk away with a roadmap that humility looks like a good thing, that that's what Christ asks of us and that that can, you know, bring joy in our life, but also bless others.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, when you, when you was thinking about this sermon, um, I, I think you had said before you kind of already had these schedule based on, mm-hmm. uh, different, you know, the different, uh, scriptures. So when mm-hmm. you think about this one today, Dave, um, this was obviously seem relevant, <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: so,
0: but what were some of your thoughts when you start to work through this in regards to application
1: for us to um, at mm. our age in our nation? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. Cause I, I've, you know, I'm always trying to make some application to current events, but this one seemed more personal kind of than the previous one. So I think my applications were more like, you got to, you got to do business with you, you know, more of that focus on like, you you got to deal with, do you know, Jesus, have you humbled yourself? You've got to deal with, are you, are you inviting sin into your life, you know, that you need to cut out? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the last one was probably the most more broadly applicable to society, which was um rejoicing in the humble that last point was was how god goes after us you know like the parable of the the sheep the lost sheep um so i think that last one probably had the most social application all of them do for mm-hmm. sure but the first two i was really trying to hit people hard with their personal choices mm-hmm.
0: uh, chris can you can you talk about like how how did it impact you brother i know listening to listen to this one <laughs>
3: Yeah. Um, I mean, I just, I think I continue to, to think about and watch the culture. They're either public figures pretending to be perfect <laughs> so that they can get people to follow them or, um, or, you know, sort of tribes setting up their leaders as perfect and r- refusing to ever admit that there's anything wrong with an organization, that there's anything wrong with any leader, um, And so I guess that was my first, my first feeling was how just totally opposite of the way of doing business (laughs) it is for our country, right? I think, I think again and again, I just keep being struck by the fact that um, admitting any wrong or any fault or any weakness is seen as a death blow um, to any (laughs) leadership in today's culture. And, uh, and so I mean, and the reason is because they don't have Jesus above them, you know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. In their mind, it's all up to them. So, Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. what about you? What about you, Jim? I know you—you're the one that provides all wisdom here, (laughs) elder states. Mm -hmm. You please give us some of your wisdom (laughs) and guidance. Oh
2: man, that's (laughs) going to be a disappointment. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, the thing that strikes me from this passage is how in the negative sense is how easy it is for us to get caught up in comparison mm. and and looking at other people and think well i'm doing better than them mm. you know at least i'm at least i'm not doing that right mm. and so we i don't know it feels like it's something that happens all the time in our lives that you know we see other people doing something and and somehow we don't notice that we're doing the very same thing mm. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. yeah
0: that's good. That's good. For me, it was really, it was really, I like the beginning when it talks about, um, about the little ones, like just coming to Christ. Mm-hmm. I always think of that just as a child, when you come to your parents, you have nothing, man, you just, mm-hmm. you have nothing, totally dependent, uh, mm-hmm. very impressible. And so you just told, and so I, I think about coming to Christ like that, just want to be fed and 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 to learn and not to, um, and just not to know everything, but just to depend on him. So and we do that in today's context that like Chris was saying, that can be hard, right? <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> so Dave, you had three points for us. You had um uh, mm-hmm. convert to humility and don't trip the humble. Um, mm-hmm. Rejoice and rejoice in the humble. So I guess we'll look at that first one. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of walk us through convert. Uh, I'm sorry, convert to humility. Uh, convert to mm-hmm. humility, Matthew 18, one through four. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of talk mm-hmm. about that one for us. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, the big, the big main point is I use convert on purpose. The translations have different different words. The one translation I was reading out of says turn mm. um, and humble yourself. And then he uses the phrase, if you don't, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. So I was trying to summarize that with the word convert. Like you you've you have got to make a change, you know, just like kind of a decisional focus of you can't you can't get there on your own by your own okay. strength or your own provision. Mm. Uh, you've got to convert to a completely new way of seeing things, and r- really, probably had floating around the back of my mind the "you must be born again" passage from John three. Um, but here he says, "Turn, become like a child, um, mm. humble yourself, uh, or you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven." So, uh, just really trying to mm. emphasize the the drama of that. You know that we, I think we're in a day and age where we. Talk a lot about the subtlety of the gospel and how it shapes us over time, which is true and important. But this was one of those passages that just hit really hard. Like, no, you gotta, you gotta stop what you're doing <laughs> and give up on the old way, and trust in Jesus. It's a, it's a new, it's a new thing.
0: Wow. So, so uh, part of that was this the disciples' argument about being the greatest, right? So, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And you elaborate or elaborate a little bit on that, like this idea. Yeah. Um trying to collaborate to figure out, man, who's going to be the
1: correct. Yeah. Yeah. So that comes up in chapter 20 and then it comes up in some parallel passages from other gospels. This particular passage, you don't see it like right in these particular verses, but we see it all over the place in the gospels. So it's like, we just kind of know that's the kind of thing the disciples do. And we know that's the kind of thing we do. You know, So Chris mentioned leaders, you know, using greatness for power, and Jim mentioned how we just compare ourselves to others. Like that's just a thing we all struggle with. So, um, our relative position to other people does not save us. You know, and that's mm. such a human thing. Like, well, I'm not bad. I'm not as bad as that guy. So that means I'm going to heaven. You're like, what? Where? Where do we even get that? I don't. You know, like I don't know. Um, that's just a weird thing. But yeah, Jesus does not give them any room to do that. To breathe.
0: I wonder what I wonder what was the criteria they were trying to develop? Like, was it mm. how many works did they do? Like, I, I wonder because the work doesn't really tell us what criteria they thought mm-hmm. they were going to mm-hmm.
1: get. Uh, Man, chapter chapter twenty. So the closest one to this is in chapter twenty, where uh, James and John Zebedee, their mom comes to jesus which is kind of funny (laughs) it is funny (laughs) so like yeah it's like this mom negotiating with jesus can my son sit at your left and right like it's so weird can we say ultimate helicopter mom (laughs) (laughs) i think i guess somewhat in context of of like of ancient kingship it kind of makes sense you know but it's still just so weird it's yeah it's really it's funny um. So yeah, I think they were thinking political position. I think they were thinking power. Jesus was going to be king. You know, that's a big misunderstanding. A lot of times is that Jesus was going to be this um, reigning king, take over Herod's palace, kick him out, then kick out the Romans. You know, that 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 much more sword wielding kingship is what they were expecting.
0: But Chris, how do you see this today, man? With this with this idea of, I know. Dave said converting to humility how have you seen the opposite even in the body of Christ
3: hmm mm, that's that's good I mean I think I think I guess the one that comes to mind is most often is we want to um, become experts at Christianity and become you know basically graduate from from this sort of childlike dependence mm. see I'm, I'm, it's not a word, but dependence uh, is. And uh, but I think I think the thing that I see Jesus doing, which is which is really fascinating. I think Dave mentioned it last week. is He's telling these stories that require him to explain them, um, and he keeps, in some ways, saying these paradoxical. The, you know, the least must become the greatest, and you know, it's it's kind of this thing where it's just like if you don't have Jesus walking by your side, and you're just Looking at him and saying, "What does that mean?" (laughs) You you just there's no there's no real like perfect way to say, "I've got it, I've got it figured out." Let's move on to whatever else. It's it's a Jesus hold my hand because I don't know I don't know the next step. Um, It's not that nothing Mm -hmm. can be known, but it is that the only way is is a way of tension and a way of dependence on Jesus. And uh, Mm -hmm. so I think that's what I see people trying to do is to stop needing. Jesus, and uh, or they fill it, figured out some new doctrine, and now we don't need Jesus as much. But mm-hmm. I don't think that's the option Jesus gives us, really. Mm-hmm. And
0: Jim, man, back, back to you. Uh, how do you mm-hmm. how do you think we can do this well?
2: Like
0: a uh, um, your years of faith. How, how have you seen this or embracing your experience? How do we do this well? This converting to humility.
2: Well, I think that it's the constant reminding ourselves of why jesus came Mm. it's not because i was so good it's because i needed a savior so much and Mm. and that doesn't change every day we've discovered new reasons right if we're honest with ourselves Mm. uh you know and so you know the way to make it a consistent part of our lives is to constantly be looking at okay am i really as good as i think i am Mm. or you know, how much do I need Jesus today? <laughs> right. Mm. Yeah. Because mm. it's really easy to get lost in the comfortable life and think because I'm comfortable, mm. that means I got the gospel. And I, you know, but comfort is an indication of salvation. Mm. Right. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. That's, that's
0: good. Um, Dave, now part of this Jesus uses this, um, I guess, the analogy with a child. Um, mm-hmm. You talk about a little bit man in that culture in that context the the issue with children like them not being seen mm-hmm. as you know I don't I wanna say fully human but just not treated the same mm-hmm. as adults yeah um, him using that as the example
1: yeah no that's really good I think uh that is very modern how we kind of fawn over our children that that they would not have done that in the same way I mean mm-hmm. definitely a a mother or a father would delight in their children that that happened that's that's in the bible but just across the board culturally they were definitely seen as kind of you know less than human or semi-human or you know they just they weren't seen as important mm-hmm. they couldn't really accomplish much they couldn't do much especially a little child you know um, so so yeah i think we we might miss that this was even more stark in that culture than it is in our culture. Mm-hmm. That might be the simplest way to say it. You know, we can get ourselves into trouble if we're overly specific, but just right. definitely children were seen as smaller, stupider, and less significant right. in ancient culture. <laughs> so um, we kind of honor them more in our culture. Yeah.
0: That drives confidence. Mm-hmm. Oh, woo! Yay! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You got
3: applause?
0: Hey, the sound effect. So the big big contrast between being the greatest and now you all the way to a child. So it's like Jesus is almost like the proverbial slap in the face. (laughs) Like, No, you are down here to be the greatest. And that is so antithetical to what we believe even today, like in our culture, so the yeah. culture shock um, for us when we start talking about how we ought to respond. Mm-hmm. So that's the
1: that's
0: the first. Did you have a I can't. Remember, did you have an application
1: in particular? Um, it was basically if you don't know Jesus, you need to turn and trust in Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you've been trusting in something else, and then I also just talked about how for Christians it's an ongoing decision. So. Uh, it's a daily decision to keep turning your life over, keep humbling yourself, keep confessing. Yeah, I really can't do this. You know, I'm in a place uh, professionally as a pastor where, man, we have no idea what we're doing week to week. You know, I I feel more dumb, more childlike, more, you know, like Chris was saying, I gotta, I gotta walk along holding Jesus's hand. Like I do not know what I'm doing. And, uh, Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, that's really good for us to be, to be in that position. Man,
0: this is humbling. I guess that's Mm -hmm. the whole point, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah yeah so okay well let's look at the second point that you made um don't don't trip the humble um matthew eighteen five through 9 now man i can't i can't i gotta be honest with you dave mm-hmm. i was waiting we were waiting and waiting and waiting for you to say entangle but you didn't say it um entangle? So <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> because right now that uh that word entanglement has been really Uh, Funny in our in our community, but we're waiting for you to say it, but you didn't say it. So,
1: oh, what does it mean? What? I I don't even know what it means.
0: (laughs) Like Chris had mentioned earlier about celebrity or or people in in public. So right now, it's the issue with one of our um, black celebrity couples who Mm -hmm. came forth with with uh, about marital issues and and one and and the wife said that she was in an entanglement, meaning that she was in uh, an affair. Mm -hmm. So we were hoping that you didn't say it, but we were going to laugh if you did say it.
1: But you didn't say it
0: (laughs) because it's a lot of of memes going around about entanglement.
1: So it's it's pretty funny. So like people are making fun of her saying that because she's like trying to it's like a euphemism. She's trying to like be vague. Right,
0: right. However, what was really ironic is that in the dictionary, Mm-hmm. Entanglement literally means that you are in a complicated. <laughs> um, well,
1: yeah. So she was actually using huh. it
0: the right way, but not. Uh, but sounds mm-hmm. like she was trying to minimize it.
1: So she's Right. Saying, hey, it sounds. It sounds less sinful when you say right, it. That way, right. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. We are hoping that you didn't say it, but man, we were uh, going to laugh uh-huh. if you did say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. So, well, yeah, I think the application fits. Get yes. out of that entanglement.
0: <laughs> Don't trip. The humble. Mm -hmm. Yeah, can you tell us a little about a little bit about this point?
1: Yeah, man, this one's crazy. uh, I was. This was one of those where I was really trying to focus on like main pointism because he covers a lot of ground, right? Like, there's just a lot of stuff he covers here, uh, and Mm -hmm. this is a really famous, famously severe passage, right? It's a hard saying of Jesus, and it's also I just feel like it's talked about a lot, but in a lot of different ways, you know? So it's just kind of like floating out there. If if you've been a Christian and heard the Bible taught, you've probably heard five or ten versions of this. And probably most of them are, are not like way off base. It's just, there's just a lot to it. So um, so I think I was trying to say, okay, he's talking about humility at the end. He's talking about humility at the beginning. <laughs> so he's got to, in some level, still be talking about humility here, right? So that's a Bible study principle that I'm doing and I'm like, okay, he's he's using the phrase little one. So he's still talking about humility there. But then he goes off on this tangents about yourself, mm. right? And so that was a little odd. So I was just trying to weave it together. I was just trying to like what 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 are the things that that verses five and six have in common with verses seven, eight, and nine? You know, <laughs> so so five and six is about humble ones, and you better not do anything to hurt them or I'm going to drown you with the boulder, right? <laughs> like it's a violent warning. Uh-huh. And then and then 7 8 and 9 are kind of related, you know, cuz he's talking about he's still warning them, he's warning about hell, like don't do this. Uh, and he's using the same thing about causing dissent, you know, so like so I, th- I think in context he's saying take sin seriously.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that that was my biggest, I think um I guess you'd say application, like take it seriously, cut it out, stop messing around. And that's, so it relates to our view of the humble around us. Don't take advantage of them, right? Like there's a way in which we can not take sin seriously and hurt a humble people in our culture, right? Like we're going to have humble people in our culture that are going to be strugglers and we got to be patient and careful with them. And then he's also saying, and yourself too, right? Like, um, so anyway, I think I think I, I probably could have spent about twelve more hours on this to make it make more sense. But so is it, is it based on how
0: how you explain it? it? Sounds like this almost like this idea of also don't be a hypocrite. Like don't call someone to do something. Mm-hmm. While at the same time, you need to be worried about your own stuff too. Like um, yeah. it has that element to it. But I, I also yeah. I just wanted to pose the question to everyone: Like what what do you think are some ways that we can cause little ones to
2: sin? Like what? Well, I, I'm starting to see a connection here mm-hmm. between the personal part of it and how it affects other people. Because sin yeah. never just affects us, right? Yeah. We, we're just we may be destroying ourselves with sin, but the effect of that on our relationships with other people, because we'll withdraw from them and we'll isolate and we'll treat them differently because of what we're doing, mm-hmm. also hurts them. So yeah, I see there's there's a connection there.
1: Mm -hmm. that's good that's good well and that reminds me of Galatians 6 it says Mm -hmm. brother if anyone is caught in any transgression so he's kind of got that that caught I mean there's kind of that same similar vibe of you know the trapping or tripping Mm -hmm. Um, but if you're caught in a transgression you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness but Mm -hmm. keep watch on yourself lest you be tempted so that's Galatians six one, which seems has seems to have kind of a similar vibe too, right? Like that kind of yeah, be mm-hmm. careful, be cautious.
0: Man, yes, yeah. What about you, Chris? What do you what do you think about that?
3: Can, can, oh. Sorry, I, keep, I got poor internet. I can <laughs> I didn't miss your question. Say again.
0: Oh no, I was asking like, what do you think of some ways we can cause like
3: one one of these little ones to sin? Mm. Well. I was going to ask Dave
1: mm-hmm.
3: to make, I, I wanted to ask in my own head, so do you know the linguistically in 18.5 in or 18.6, sorry, is that talking about literal children or,
1: you know, metaphorical children, or do we uh, know? Good question. I think uh, the context makes us, uh, verse six, yeah. makes us say um, both believers. Believers. It it is. It is believers. Because he says, so he's kind of continuing with if you receive one such child, what what kind of child? Well, the such of a child that he'd just been talking about, the illustration of belief. Mm -hmm. And then verse six, one of these little ones, who believes in me. So I think he's he said it on both sides. Like this is mainly about faith and the humble who believe is really what Mm -hmm. he's what he's moving on to here. So so yeah. like we're gonna, we're gonna be in the business, that, and I, I tried to hit the the way I said it in both sermons was, a culture. We gotta be build a culture where we're watching out for the humble, mm-hmm. and part of that culture is a watching out of ourselves as well. I mean, mm-hmm. best illustration I can think of is my my old mentor Gary DeSalvo, that passed away, uh, back in I guess August. He just always he was like one of the like most outgoing, like aggressive fun confident pastors i've ever known just super outgoing and he he had a very like healthy humble i could sin and ruin my life at any moment so i feel like he lived this out like that that kind of humility where he was bold he went after people and he did ministry and he went full speed and he was like, "Oh yeah, I take all kinds of precautions. I put a lot of boundaries in my life. I do a lot of things to guard myself because I'm not, you know, I'm not all that. Like I, I don't, <laughs> you know, like I'm not so powerful that I would just like not sin, you know." Um, so anyway, I feel like that. I saw that lived out in him, just like a real seriousness about that temptation. Yeah, I think I think that's what comes to mind for me
3: as far as causing. Like either young believers or, or just you know, <laughs> yeah, to young believers or new believers or or just people who struggle a lot. I think mm-hmm. setting up, the, yeah, like you said, the culture. If the first, the two things I think of are example, yeah. and then and then environment. So like setting up the example of, of again, I will never say I could do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. The way to be a good leader is to act perfect and pretend, pretend basically and never, uh, never have a ha- hard conversation or never. So that's one huge way I've seen the church uh, and not not intentionally, but because but people growing up in the church to stumble is saying, mm. if I'm going to be a leader, I
1: have to be better than everybody else and more perfect. And then Okay, I want yes, right. to go ahead. Was just say, I wanted to do my sermon over now, but go ahead. <laughs>
2: no, no, that's <laughs> good. True.
3: That's so true. And then environmentally too. So, so they do that to themselves leadership wise. Um, and then they do that to people beneath them and don't make a safe place to say, Hey, i not only, how are you struggling? Let's pray and talk about and get through it. But more than that, I know you're struggling. Cause we are all struggling. And so that's another way you can cause them to stumble is, you show them that you should never admit? Mm. Um, so those are the two big, big ways I that come to mind
1: for me. Can you repeat the two big ways? You just broke off that last sentence.
3: Oh, uh, we probably should just keep going. I got it recorded <laughs> on my audio. Sorry. My <laughs> yeah. internet. I'm at the church and the internet's terrible.
1: Which so, is kind of scary because the teen teens are going to be broadcasting next week. So we got to get that. Yeah. In. Yeah, yeah I, right.
0: oh. When I when I look at this, mm-hmm. definitely with Chris, I think more of like the way you live your life um, can literally cause someone to sin by your example. Mm-hmm. Whether that mm-hmm. be, you know, how you interact with people and you know, how you love people, well, the things that you subscribe to, all those different things, especially with new believers, they gravitate to. So they don't see any confession, um, any mm-hmm. like humility, um, any acknowledgement of your own struggles. That's, mm. again that's why one of the reasons why I love celebrate recovery because every week you mm. get to expose yourself <laughs> so mm-hmm. the good thing I mm-hmm. mean you constantly are in this uh this life of repentance in front of people, and I think that's mm. a good thing, so I think it can be it's a slippery slope when we don't do that because people start to believe that as a Christian that you have to be perfect um mm-hmm. you don't struggle mm-hmm. with anything and <laughs> And if you do struggle, you got to be quiet. Um, mm-hmm. That's just terrible. So, yeah. I, and then the, and the next part of it was, to me, was teaching. Like, what do you teach? Not only with your life, but with your words. Like, uh, mm-hmm. what do mm-hmm. you teach the people about Christianity? Um, man, and and, I, and definitely in today's time, I see it a lot. It's a lot of confusion as to what, you know, how does Christianity fit in all these different areas um, in our culture? And I think that can be, if you are more culture oriented, lean on those type of uh, ideologies, it can hurt a lot of people. Um, so I think that's really important to stay grounded in, in the Bible and in truth mm-hmm. and, and be able to communicate it well, even, you know, mm-hmm. even though I don't always, but, um, I'll mm-hmm. so, so <laughs> but I, I love that. I love that part of the, of the text. And the next one is in verses seven through nine about temptations to sin. This is a famous one. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, if you. I guess if you want to talk a little bit about that, because both of these, Jesus gets really, like, violent. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah.
0: This is some violent language.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think, um, yeah, I just appreciate what Chris was saying and what Jim was saying. Jim, uh, Jim introduced or reintroduced me to a book called The Cure, and they've done a bunch of leadership lessons The Cure has. And so it's interesting to see. And so now, just hearing you guys talk, seven through nine plus five and six are related in the sense of, you know, five and six is more about leadership, seven, eight, and nine is more about personal holiness, mm-hmm. but it's all the same thing. You know, <laughs> like if you're humble, you're going to lead others well and not lead them into stumbling. If you're humble, you're going to lead yourself well and not lead yourself into humbling. And it goes back to he- personal humility. Uh, one of my favorite images from The Cure, it's a book by John Lynch. One of my favorite images is you're not cleaning up your life perfectly to get to Jesus. It's Jesus is in your life, helping you clean it up. He's with you. And so that man, that, that is so helpful to think about. So yeah, so seven, eight, nine, just taking sin seriously, how horrible it is, all of that. You know, we've got to kind of, like be shocked by the horror of sin and how it will kill us. It will destroy us. It'll eat us from the inside, but we can't, we also cannot isolate that from the father's love at the end of this passage. And the simple, just turn like a child and say, daddy help me at the beginning of the passage. you know, like that's all there. The father loves you at the end and humility will save you at the beginning. So we just need to make sure as modern Christians, we don't forget how, horrible sin is. I think that that's why this passage is so helpful for us because as modern people, we're like, yeah, sin is just like a, a psychological uh, entanglement, we might say, <laughs> <laughs> but it's really serious. It destroys us, you know, like, yeah, I think of the, um, yeah, anyway, I don't know. I don't know what I'll say, but that, yeah, it's, it's serious. It's destructive. I, th- I think we should be grossed out about it.
2: Well, one of the things that that they really help us understand through the cure is that we weren't designed to manage sin. Uh God didn't make us to be able to handle that. Uh And so when we think we can handle it, we are actually contributing to the problem because Uh our pride is telling us, oh, we can stop doing that. And it's only by... As you you put it, holding Jesus' hand, knowing that He is helping us defeat that sin, trusting that He is, Mm -hmm. that we can overcome those things.
0: Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. I think it's a, what Jim was saying, I think it's a submission to Him, you know, like,
1: Mm -hmm. I can't
0: do this. Oh, you know, Mm -hmm. I need you. And submitting that struggle to Him and allowing the Holy Spirit to. Give you all types of insight on how to guard yourself and to remove things in your life. And I love the mm-hmm. illustration that Jesus used, although violent, but it's so true. I know we've said this in celebrate recovery numerous times about eradicating mm-hmm. sin out of your life. Um, a famous mm-hmm. scripture I always think of is in first Samuel, I want to say 15 when, uh, mm-hmm. he talks about King Agag and, and God tells him to destroy all the Amalekites and, and mm-hmm. still, Saul still keeps Agag the king and a lot of other these things. And eventually at the end of the story, Samuel chops him to pieces, literally. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's an example I always use about you Mm -hmm. have to take sin serious. You can't keep any remnants, anything Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, along with you. You have to just destroy Mm -hmm. all. But that takes going to God and, and asking him to help you, that you can't do it on your own. And I just believe he gives you insight on how to do that, how to literally eradicate sin. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Chris, you have any insight on 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 this one?
3: Um. Yeah. Good question. I th- I think uh I just keep thinking about the f- maybe important to say that f- that Christian humility is never just con- self contained like it's always. It's always in the context of God is present. Because um, mm-hmm. I think we can tend to think mm-hmm. like, like you know, we've talked about Tim Keller says the opposite, where it's not just thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. And mm-hmm. and it's even more than that. It's recognizing God is in the picture and you are mm-hmm. under him. Like you, you said, it's it. so just to think, because we could think humble just mean um, sort of, I mean it is it is this concept of meekness but it's not just i'm sitting around by myself thinking less of myself it is more Mm -hmm. like a zooming out and seeing the bigger picture not zooming in and seeing more more of myself and and -hmm. thinking less of myself so um yeah just have to keep saying that over and over and and that's what makes it beautiful is the reason i can be a flawed leader is because there's a perfect leader in the picture and Mm -hmm. that's what my point is to is to put point people to him so mm, yeah mm-hmm. that's good
0: so dave you, you talk in this one obviously he uses the hand the hand and the uh and the eye so man these are really really cool illustrations and i think your application was pretty much get rid of anything that is better just to be with jesus than mm-hmm. that and to be comfortable with your phone or with anything else
1: yeah yeah i've
0: read a little bit more on your application for this one
1: Oh yeah, well I I, I focused on technology because we're overly we're kind of because of the coronavirus right now. For you know future listeners listening to this in 50 years, uh, we're all trapped at home, you know, <laughs> using devices and computers all the time for everything, uh, and it's just it's always an issue. But I think especially now, um, that's not your life, you know. Like if you need to give it up, or if you need to limit it, or if you need to give a friend or a spouse, the controls, or you need software, whatever you need to do, do whatever you got to do, you know, like better to be, you know, I I think one of the phrases I used was better to have a maimed device <laughs> <laughs> than to have a great fast device and go to hell, you know, like it's just, it's just so like when you when you think about what Jesus is saying, it's so obvious, but we're like we're so shocked by it. It's just funny. I don't know. We're we're just we're wimps, I don't know. Yeah.
0: And I think a lot of times like yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead Chris. I'll follow. Go ahead.
3: I was just saying that made me think of uh, conversations I have so often. I was I was thinking of the same thing when you're talking Dave of with people who basically want really convenient and effortless holiness. Yeah. So they want to yeah. sign up for a program It's the same with you know dieting or whatever it's the, it, that's a, a metaphor for that of like yeah. i don't want to exercise or eat well i just want to lose weight i want a pill that'll make me holy you know mm, and I, yeah. I think that's that's such an important was important thing for me to realize and to, to hold on to is oh holiness yeah. is inconvenient by definition it yeah. is not making concession for the flesh it is it is, it's going to be a painful and good thing, but it's worth it. And mm. and so if we come with the expectation of, I want the most convenient effortless solution, which is very American and very technology centric, you know, we're, we're just uh, mm. and none of the pain, you know? Yeah,
1: that's good.
2: Jimmy,
3: um, anything
0: about this one?
2: Well, you know, a couple thoughts crossed my mind. I, I think it might have actually been easier before technology, to because you could stop a magazine subscription. You could take all the magazines out and burn them, <laughs> put them in the trash, right? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you know, and then 1985, we started all this computer stuff and it wasn't so easy. Mm-hmm. It isn't really erased. It keeps coming back, even when you don't ask for it. Mm-hmm. So, so you really do have to take radical action to make things work, so that you can be free from that temptation. Mm. Well, radical amputation,
0: man. I mean, it's like
2: mm.
0: oh, great. I've been in. I've been a part of some some men's groups who they've shown pictures of literally taking an iPad and a sledgehammer and just destroying it because Woo. they knew that they couldn't handle it. You know. Mm. Or different mm. various, various things. Now, a lot of times, w- when we come to this, especially me coming to this text, I do think of um, uh, like behavioral sins, like sexual morality and things like that. But what about those internal sins, like pride? And, mm. How do we
2: mm.
0: how do we apply this to something like pride? Like,
2: yeah. how,
0: what do we What do we do to eradicate like Cut the eye out, cut the hand off. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is not. Well, I think causes awesome pride, or
1: yeah. When I think about it, the hard things of Jesus. I think number one, we got to be willing to take the crazy steps. You know, do the do the hard thing, but mm-hmm. we also need to remember the goal is love, compassion, humility. The goal is not doing the hard thing, and I've seen that a lot with young. Christians, um, they're over eager to do the hard thing, which ends up becoming another pride trap, you know, like Mm. I'm the kind of Christian that does hard things. Look at all the hard things I do, you know? Mm. So we just have to make sure we're willing to do the hard thing, whatever hard thing Jesus asks us to. And then we say, okay, Jesus, how can I meet the goal of being genuinely humble, like serving other people or You know, one of the most beautiful examples is Jesus washing the disciples' feet, Mm. right? And so, okay, Jesus, are there people that I can serve like that? Mm. Not to show off and say, look at the hard thing I'm doing, but so I can actually help them, you know? (laughs) Like, are there people I need to actually help? Mm. Um, So I think that's a good kind of decision matrix we go down. Like, are there people I need to actually serve? Are there ways I need to actually listen? Are there places for me to... Um, control less, you know, trust more, but it's not just so I can say, look, I'm doing hard things. You know, I don't know. I don't know if that's helpful. But. No, no it, it is.
0: It is. Yeah, it is. It is. Cause I, I just find that, 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 uh, that can be overlooked at times because mm-hmm. sometimes uh, if you don't deal with a certain behavioral sin, mm-hmm. then it's mm-hmm. almost like you come to the text, like, well, I don't really deal with anything like that, but you have a lot yeah. of internal sin, so it's like, how do you, you know, then how do you apply it there? But I think you make some valid that wants to do that. That's very helpful. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so many, so many things now that we deal with in our culture this can be applied to. So, so, <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: it made me think about it. To-
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think just, you know, the, a lot of stuff in the culture right now has been about race relationships. And one of the things I've done is I've said, um, I'm a white man. I'm going to try to listen to more black pastors and scholars. It's just been something I've systematically done. Uh, It's not like a magic pill. (laughs) It will transform me, but I'm like, huh, I don't know that I've listened to a lot of voices. Maybe I could get some insights that I don't have, you know, different culture. And I've tried to do that, not just with black voices, but with voices from other countries and other, uh, you know, other, uh, what do you call it? Other nationalities and stuff as well. Like, hmm, I have something to learn. I want to make sure I'm not in some kind of echo chamber where I'm mm-hmm. just hearing stuff that sounds just like the kind of stuff that I say. And I'm going to hear stuff that says <laughs> similar things to what I say. And that'll confirm what I say. You know, and it, it can be kind of like a, uh, yeah, echo chamber is the best way I can think of to say it. So that that's something I've done as a teacher to try to just grow in humility and kind of disable my pride switch a little bit more it's not like i said it's not a magic pill but it's something i think that's helpful that's helpful uh,
0: i know for me in that in that line, dave is like being being african american and especially in this context has been humming to me to always make sure that i never put my ethnicity over my identity in christ um mm-hmm. with everything that's, mm-hmm. that's going on obviously i'm passionate about my culture and come mm-hmm. from um but in Everything that I have to judge, um, on the outside, I always have to put it through the lens of scripture. And you know, I can't, mm-hmm. like, allow, allow my ethnicity to override what my faith mm-hmm. is telling me. Um, mm-hmm. and that, you know, um, that can be hard at times because obviously you have a, you know, you have some form of, you know, cultural pride, but that can't, it just, no matter what, it can't trump your faith. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. To make sure I look, look at it like that.
1: Yeah, that's good. I get
0: blasted in my inbox, but it's all good.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, it's any it's interesting. I mean, was it Chris or Jim at the beginning? Somebody was saying leadership, the temptation of of leaders to act like you've got it all figured out. I think I probably I might invite more critique by by being more open minded. But yeah, I think in the end it's worth it. You know, like I'm just thinking like, well, maybe practically I do hurt myself sometimes by by being mm-hmm. open minded or, you know, like I, th- I might take more criticism because people see it as weakness. But but I don't know. I don't I don't know that it really matters. I, I mean, I think bottom line is you just got to be honest and and try to keep learning. So, yeah,
0: yeah no doubt about that. Man, good. That's, um, so now let's move on to the your third, your third point, uh, which was yeah. rejoice in the humble, rejoice mm-hmm. in the humble. So this is Matthew eighteen ten through 14. Do so you want to talk a little
1: bit about that one? Yeah, I just was struck by the, again, trying to, you know, scrape together the, like, what's the main focus? What's the main focus? You, you, it ends with um, verse 13, he rejoices over the lost one. And then the restatement in verse 14, it's not his will that anyone should perish. So will is is a kind of a desire word there. So. You're getting at the heart of the father. His desire is that no one should perish. His rejoicing is in finding the little one. He starts back up at verse 10 with, okay, don't despise. So he's saying, don't despise. Why shouldn't we despise? Well, because the father rejoices. So I'm just trying to kind of call that all together. What's the main mm-hmm. call to action here is to see the father's rejoicing. And then we we follow suit. We we also rejoice. <clears throat> you
0: got insight on On that one, the parable of the lost
1: sheep, which seems different than the one in Luke. Uh, Yes, it is very different. It seems more about wandering believers. Right, right. In this context, it's more like wandering humble believers. I think in both contexts, it can be applied to a lost, a non-believer or a believer in either context. But Mm -hmm. yeah, Luke 15 is more like about uh, Mm non-believers and And, Matt 18 is more like believers. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Either way, I think it's my main point. <laughs> I mean, re- either way, it's rejoicing in the humble. You know, like the Father rejoices to meet our needs. He doesn't go, well, I rejoice 99% to meet the needs of lost people. And then I meet, you know, I rejoice 101% to meet the needs of saved. You know, like he just rejoices in showing grace, period. So, mm-hmm.
0: so, so Dave, I did have a question for you in, uh, in verse, I want to say verse 11, I believe.
1: Is this? Mm-hmm. Guardian uh, Angel
0: verse what a guardian angel verse. So yeah. I don't I don't remember if he talked about did, did um did you mention that
1: at all? I didn't mention it. Yeah, yeah. I mean I said this is where yeah. people people say there's this guardian angel thing, and I, I just said, you know, maybe, but you know, we just don't a theology lesson is we don't build theology out of one vague verse. So <laughs> right, right, right. Maybe we have a guardian angel. I don't think it's necessarily teaching that, it's just saying. Hey, the angels are watching out. You know, <laughs> so you better watch out because the angels are watching out. Don't <laughs> despise the little ones. Um, so I think it's it's just a general principle that we can take there.
2: Wow, I love the whole uh, platinum rule thing. Mm-hmm. That you, know, mm-hmm. you will delight in other people to the extent that you note God delights in you. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah,
2: yeah. You know, I think that's really, really good.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I like that one. That's always struck me. I'm adding it into my notes because that was off the cuff. (laughs) That was a really good one. It
0: just shows you just the the love of of love of God. You know, God the Father, He loves all. You know, all of this is so inclusive. You know, there's no exclusionary language as far as like different people. It's like, hey, He loves all people. Come to Him. Man, uh, this is a really good passage. Chris, what about what about you, brother? What do you what do you think about this one? This idea of God valuing all people.
3: Mm. Yeah, no, I think it's it's awesome. I think the it came up a little bit in um in the uh, hanging in the lobby after the service on Sunday morning. Uh, yeah. I, I wanted to bring up I wanted to bring up that topic because I think it's it's really closely related to all this, but. I was going to ask Dave, especially um, we know that culturally there's that such a big push for self love of uh, can't and hanging in the lobby. Uh, did had you gotten to percolate on that anymore, or what? What? Uh, where is self love right, and where is self
1: love mm. non Christianity? I <laughs> don't oh, I
0: got Oh yeah,
1: Actually, Yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, I think it's a great question because it is. It's a very common thing in our culture. So in our culture, the answer to shame and the answer to self-hatred is basically pride. I think it's like take pride in yourself. Mm. Um, So don't feel shame anymore or don't believe in the category of shame anymore. And love yourself. Learn to think you're great. And that's just uh, truncates the gospel, you know, like that misses – so, we might agree with uh, the secularist and that the goal would be to move beyond shame and move towards self-love, but you've got to use the gospel to get there. So mm-hmm. I guess that would be my critique of how the culture normally uses self-love. Self-love is typically you've got to love yourself and it's like a it's like a law thing. just do it, right? <laughs> just love yourself there's no there's no Jesus loved you by giving himself for you therefore you can forgive and love yourself it's just forget the cross forget the gospel just love yourself mm-hmm. um, so i think that's the danger with
0: it. that's what i see i see a lot mm-hmm. of like uh, even growing
1: up i, I heard
0: a lot mm-hmm. of self-esteem talk like yeah you know self-esteem yeah. self-help and i mm-hmm. don't really see that in the bible i know when when you know when god says love god you know love god with all your heart mind and soul strength but then love your neighbor as yourself seems like it's not talking about self-esteem but more when you care for yourself you bathe yourself, mm-hmm. they care mm-hmm. yourself. you feed yourself yeah. like you you clothe mm-hmm. yourself so do unto others that you will want them to do unto you in that mm-hmm. regard but but in regards to this idea of self-love it seems like is god teaches us to deny ourselves. like mm-hmm. you need to deny that and accept god's love and i think it's this replacement of like what who how you view yourself in light of, but you view yourself in light of God, not just you. yeah. The self-esteem is to me is like antithetical to the Bible. It's not even mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. legitimate in that regard. But um so I think it kind of gets confusing when we when the when it dealt it does tell us to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. I think that can mm-hmm. confuse confused with self-esteem. And yeah, I don't I definitely don't see it see it that way. I see it more of like mm-hmm. you do unto others as you will want them to do to you. Because you care about yourself and you're going to take, you're not going to just run out in front of a train. You're
1: going to care for yourself. Uh, Yeah. And so you want to take care of others the same way. Uh, Yeah. I think there's a common sense. And some of the stuff I hear, some of it's common sense, like God don't make junk or, you know what I mean? Like God made you, so stop shaming yourself. You know, so some of that is. More proverbs than than cross, right. but it still it can still be helpful. You know, so I also want to throw out there. Yeah, there's some other like we're made in the image of God. We have inherent dignity and value. Period. Um, but I think ultimately the cross the cross is the real solution. Um, and so I think. You know, as you grow in wisdom, you kind of build build all those things together. So not disagreeing with what you're saying, Elliot. I'm just no, gonna, no, no, like, I'm just thinking out the details, you know, like all the tentacles of this.
0: I like what you added though, the image of God. Mm-hmm. I think
1: that yeah. has to start there. Mm-hmm, it has to start mm-hmm.
0: with everyone realizing that we all made an image of God. And that's yeah. to be that's beautiful. That is, yeah, that that in itself is magnificent. You can rest in that. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm glad that you added that because that is the core of mm-hmm. what this whole self thing is is like you're made yeah. in the image of God. He alone distinctly mm-hmm. made you and created you beautifully and that is what you sh- that is what should get you excited is that God mm-hmm. did that um so whatever whoever your personality, your skin color, your mm-hmm. height, your shape, all of that <laughs> you know, God made it. As yeah. you can and you can rest and, and enjoy that and mm-hmm. you don't have to mm-hmm. walk around saying me 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 but Mm instead god god god
1: yeah 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 That's good
3: and the goal the goal of course is a biblical god-centered view of who you are right so i think Mm -hmm. in this conversation that's what's you know try to try to say it shorthand uh self-hatred is not humility that that's not what we're talking mm -hmm. about right because god doesn't hate you so so that's not what we're talking about and then as you said if god if god loves and came to save and his desires for all be, to be mm-hmm. saved you're not the only one person that he doesn't love you mm-hmm. can't say god loves everyone except me <laughs>
1: right.
3: that's not mm-hmm. a biblical <laughs> understanding yeah. either and so mm-hmm. so you just have to apply it the th- things that you're and that's apply grace to other people than i am to myself mm-hmm. then that means mm-hmm. something's gone out of whack
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's okay. So Can I dig a little more, Chris? I know sometimes you struggle with that. Do you have you learned? I'm trying to think of how to say it. What are ways you've personally, you know, gotten better at not beating yourself up? Maybe the best way to say <laughs> it. Like self deprecation Yeah.
3: Hmm. <laughs> gosh it's the afternoon my brain's not fully there. Uh, well you already had a good quote we could just leave it there so. <laughs> well I yeah I mean I I think actually honestly preaching preaching the gospel to others is one of the best ways for me to remember it myself so I would say that you know I'll have conversations with friends and and with fans. I know this well enough to tell somebody else when they're they're going off the rails mm-hmm. but I need to so so I don't have these conversations and and then I'll I'll stop and say huh I need to hear that too and actually believe mm-hmm. it so so I guess that just continuing to try to encourage others really does help a lot.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, That's good.
0: Chris we, mm-hmm. and because I, in counseling I had to learn that myself. I, I remember my therapist was asking me about how to move from my negative thought, and I couldn't do it. I just, for whatever reason, man, I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. And he he said, "Well, what would you tell? You know, as a pastor, what would you tell someone else?" And man, the light bulb went off, and I, and mm. this day I use that um, mm-hmm. in my chart when I have when I have those type of emotions. It's like what, because it's easy for me to tell someone, man, this is what God says, and this, but it was always mm-hmm. hard for me to stop and think think about that in regards to myself. And um, mean a lot. Um, I have a whole little block, man. How, how would you preach this to someone? Else? <laughs> <You know?
1: laughs> that's good. That's good. That's really, I mean, I, I would bet that's going to be helpful for a lot of people out there. So I appreciate y'all both sharing that.
0: What about you, Jim? How, how you feel about, about this one, brother?
2: Well, uh, it's been a struggle for me in my life too, because I'll be the first one to call myself an idiot. As soon as I do something that I don't think I should be doing or, you know, or just, uh, I fail. Right. Uh, And learning to be kind to myself is a it's a thing in process, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, to be to be willing to say, oh, okay, I sin because I have a sin nature Mm -hmm. and and God still loves me,
1: Mm -hmm. even though
2: I messed that up. He still Mm -hmm. loves me. And Mm -hmm. I think it just I have to keep on reminding myself that uh, I can't. I can't act like, well, it really is a pride thing, right? When I call myself an idiot. Because mm. I was proud that I should have been able to do it, right? Mm. And now now I've been deflated by what didn't happen. Mm. And so my pride, you know, my pride balloon has popped. And now I'm, I'm making myself look bad, I think, to help yeah. me feel better. And it doesn't work. It's only by knowing that there's a God in heaven who loves me and the way he cares mm. for me. That's the way I should care for myself. Mm. And and his love doesn't always mean that I'm going to be all warm and fuzzy. It may mean that I get rebuked or that I get mm. you know, confronted by something that I need to hear mm. to recognize that I need you, God. Oh, man, that's so good. So true. That's good. Oof, man, that hit me, brother. That's so true.
0: Mm. I know sometimes mm. I can definitely struggle with this realization of how much God loves me. Mm. I, mm. I always got to. Tell myself, and this is—I guess—is this because it's so enormous? This is like, man, because mm. I just at times like I, feel, I don't deserve. I mean, I don't deserve it. How how can someone look mm. like this? And whew, mm. emotional, man. Mm. Uh, I, man, I, I love this passage. Thank you, Dave, for man bringing this bringing this word. And so I guess mm. to wrap it up, man. Um, your application for this. Wow, well, mm-hmm. I think you, you use the evangelism.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I tried to say so. This is what evangelism is: is believing the Father rejoices over you, and then wanting to share that good news with other people. So,
3: um,
1: so yeah, is that is that what you're doing? Are you talking to people? Are you pursuing people? Are you chasing after people? You know, the way the Father chases after us. And um, I think that can look different by gift by gifting, but but there should be a general posture of. The father has this kindly rejoicing, loving, gracious posture towards me. So I'm going to have a kindly loving, rejoicing, pursuing posture towards other people. Um, I think, you know, I like to joke, if you're an extrovert, that means, you know, you pursue lots of people, not super deeply. And if you're an Introvert, that means you pursue one person deeply in a long conversation, you know. But, but still, like, you know, we have this posture of pursuit and, like, hey, I want to, I want to share this, this good news of a father that rejoices in us. So, Mm -hmm.
3: and you, you, I think, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. mm -hmm. That's okay. I I was just going to say, too, one thing I wanted to throw out there is that what I keep seeing over and over again is this uniquely, I believe it's pretty uniquely Christian thing of confident Mm -hmm. humility. That jesus mm-hmm. displayed mm-hmm. so it's not it's it's easy to think um humility is not being sure of anything or not you know just kind of being wishy-washy about everything and it's not being sure certain of anything and that's not what we're talking about um but the only way again to do that is to not be the only person in the picture pride says the foundation is me the foundation of everything is me and if Mm -hmm. uh, if i'm shaky everything everything is shaky Mm -hmm. um but it's also then false humility is still i'm the only foundation and so i've got to like i've got to like you know not be sure of anything to be humble that's not what we're talking about what we're talking about is it's confidence mm-hmm. in something else in someone else mm-hmm. so we can humbly be sure of our Jesus you know and and that's mm-hmm. that's what's beautiful about preaching the gospel and in mm-hmm. a true way is it doesn't it doesn't depend on me being perfect and always perfect and be unchanging and always right but there is someone who is that and that's a confidence I think again that Keller shows in uh, like what's the what's the long title the beauty of self-forgetfulness
1: the, the, the freedom freedom of, freedom of freedom
3: self forgetfulness yeah. and yeah. that's that's the strange thing that paul displayed is and, and Jesus, so humble and it's it's the strange thing that nothing can shake and that's a that's a beautiful thing that we could chase after
1: mm. yeah.
0: amen dave, dave you ended on philippians 2 man which is Mm. One of the man, that's probably one of the best passages in the Bible. <laughs> um to that's show so good. Jesus humbled himself and God exalted mm-hmm. him. The mm-hmm. that Jesus is making with us that if we humble ourselves, then God will exalt us in heaven. So man, mm-hmm. you wanna talk a little bit about 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 that one?
1: I just love it. As a matter of fact, this week I thought, okay, I need to get Chris to write a song on it because I I <gasps> Talk about it like every other week. Like I I feel like I just I am overusing Philippians two. <laughs> and it is a hymn. Yeah, most scholars would say it's an early Christian hymn. So I'm like, all right, we just gotta get see Web to set this one to music so we can dwell on it more often. But mm-hmm. um yeah, it's just so rich. Yeah. I just I love it. There's so much to it, it it's got the progress and like it's got the whole gospel and but it's kind of set in time with application. For believers, it's just beautiful. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. anyway, I love it. Yeah. It's got the humility and the greatness. So, it's got the, he is great. And and actually, another little cool word, one of my favorite uh, King James words is vainglory, conceit. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, Paul's application is do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit or vain conceit. And that word is kinadoxia, which is empty glory. So, it's like mm-hmm. the the like how we puff ourselves up to pretend we have glory, even though we don't, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, it's that's contrast with Jesus who actively emptied himself. So there's like a contrast with emptiness and there's like similarities with humility. There's just all kinds of linguistic beauty happening in the Greek. It's just an awesome passage. So anyway, Mm -hmm. everybody go study that passage more. (laughs) I always Mm. said,
0: if if God incarnate did this, who are we not to? This is yeah, man, yeah, is it? yeah. Man, what did you guys have any final comments, on um, Chris and Jesus? I want to be good, so I'm going to go do this. You want to what? I want to be great, so I'm going to. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I'm going to convert to humility, Lord, yep. first, and don't trip. Don't get entangled. Don't entangle the humble. No <laughs> 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 Rejoice in the humble. Yeah. It's a great, yes. great message, Dave. I really appreciate it.
1: Thanks, the, man. Thank you so much. And to
0: teach us. Um, so, man, this, so you, everyone gonna. go check, check the, check the sermon out if you haven't heard it. It's been a um, beautiful time. And I guess we'll be back here next Sunday. Will Joy be back or, or we, do we know?
1: You'll still be in. An- uh, you know we might be it might be this crew again for podcast next week man we
0: will have you will have the B host and I'll be here B <laughs> to be
1: you need better self-esteem Elliot you're hey, not a look, B host that's a capital B, B. B. <laughs> I guess
0: a, capital, a capital B B in precedence <laughs> not B in quality you know right, <laughs> so, right. so, so, cool. so,
1: Hey,
0: so we, we love everyone that's out there listening and man this will be great
1: alright All thanks right. brother we